This is Dale Connolly from The Morning Show with our final weekly podcast. We had a great send-off at the Fitzgerald Theater on December 11th, and many of our long-standing characters took a final bow. We'll hear those moments in the podcast from Bud Buck and Captain Billy, Nephew Thomas, Wally, Bubby, all of them beloved and completely make-believe, along with arguably the funniest character of all from that final show, who just happens to be a real person, the mayor of St. Paul, Chris Coleman. He's in the podcast, too. The hilarity is about to begin for one final time, so please stay with us. Good morning. It's Thursday, December 11th, 2008, and we invite you to stay tuned for a very special edition of The Morning Show from Minnesota Public Radio. Our show, as you have never heard it before, oh, as decent and and well-meaning as ever, of course, but no longer so naive as we confront a new and sobering reality. Hey, Ma, there's no bananas for my cereal! Yes, today the harsh world intrudes. Today we grapple with basic facts that were previously ignored in our sun-dappled, candy-cane, sweet-make-believe world. I, it suddenly occurs to me that I've been standing on this here deck for, oh well, nigh and a quarter century without even once freshening up the undergarments. So I, I suppose it's too late to change now. Yes, it is. It's too late for so many things because every ending... When Whenever it comes, comes too early, and there's always something left undone. Yes, fine, whatever. Is it time to pull the plug? No, not, not, not quite yet, Dr. Couldn't Con- we just no. do it now and get no, it over with? No, no, no. Then I could start my preparations to reanimate. <laughs> Radio Heartland, live! Get up and walk, I command it! Yes, yes. Some, well, some are in denial, uh, but the facts remain. Time has run out, as time always does. And you can try to rewind the clock and squeeze out a few more minutes, but for what purpose, really? Yes, I tell my clients that uh, when time is up, it's up. These little sessions we have are simply a way to practice living in the moment, make every second count. Each one is so precious. See what I mean? Ding dong, all done. Well, that went by very, very fast, though. Pay the cashier on the way out. Well, but all I did was sit here. I did most of the talking. Uh, Ah, yes, I know. Blah blah. I don't know if I got my money's worth from this thing. I can take years before you know if anything you did was worth it. But you still have to pay now. Yes, you know, because no one. No one is exempt from life's relentless cycles. The wheel must always turn. But if we look at it properly, each turn shows us a fresh new angle on a familiar scene. Well, I'm thinking as shabby as my undergarments has become, uh, perhaps I qualifies for a Guinness Book World Record for longest lasting briefs. <laughs> and a ironical, in it, boys, long lasting briefs! <laughs> Yeah, you know, you have to make the best of things. You have to adapt to change, no matter how unsettling. Yeah, but I've had bananas on my cereal every single day for the last 25 years. You know, it's hard to do when you're 14. How am I going to go on? Well, in the next three hours, you'll find out as time finally catches up. So join us, if you dare, for an unforgettable morning show, live from the Fitzgerald Theater. (laughs) 
We also want to welcome our living and loving correspondent, a man who's a bottomless well of wellness, B. Marty Barry. Thanks for coming. Well, I'm delighted to be here. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I've, uh, I've already seen some people weeping, and that makes me so happy. Yeah. You know, there's lots of counseling to do here. It's my business, as you know. I know. So you are available to help. Yes. $50 an hour for you to cry on my shoulder. $100 if you actually need to speak. And $200 if I'm expected to listen. Okay. Well, we do have a listener question for you. Okay. Well, let me get my timer started here. That's right. Very important. Okay. Uh, It says, Dear B. Marty, I know that nothing is permanent and everything changes, but there are some things where I have been hoping for change for a long time. It doesn't seem to happen. Mm -hmm. My husband, for example... Uh, Even partial change would be encouraging there, and yet nothing. I see. What can I do to create an environment around him where change can happen? Sincerely, tired of waiting. Yes. Well, dear tired, if I may be so personal, I know what you're talking about, and the short answer is, well, there is nothing you can do that is legal. But there are techniques to encourage change, you know, in a situation like yours. For example... Placing a loose throw rug at the top of the stairs is a time-honored technique of getting husbands to, for example, to slip into a new frame of mind. You know, that might allow for some change, particularly if those stairs lead from the basement where he might have, you know, a workshop and there's a hard, unforgiving floor. Be Marty. And you might mention to him that a lot of men his age are finding rest and relaxation in a ritual we call Power Tool Beer Fest. Wow. Yes. That's where they combine some of their most important interests in one night of yeah. revelry. Yeah. And that would be a good night for that loose throw rug, yes, I tell you that much. Marty, you're, you're, not, you're not suggesting she try to cause a tragic accident, are oh, you? of course not. No. You said anything about an accident. Well. I believe in purpose-driven change. Right, but the, but the, but the, but the, the, loose, the loose throw rug at the top yeah. of the stairs leading to a hard floor, how is that supposed to work out? Well, as the husband comes out of his cold basement workshop, you know, and ascends to the warm, welcoming, living level of the house, he steps on a softer, more embracing surface there and experiences change on multiple levels, which could then trigger changes in his attitude. That's all I'm Uh saying. But what about doing that in conjunction with the Power Tool Beer Fest? What is that? I see. He's open to his more emotional side, you know, after a couple. Uh-huh. Okay. I've so, discovered that myself. Is that your only suggestion then to, to tired of waiting? Hang glider lessons oh. is another way. Yeah. But I would sign up with someone who is relatively new to the sport. Uh, maybe a teenager even. Yeah, yeah. Just to expose your husband to the impulsive, almost reckless abandon of youth yeah. to give him an inspiring shot of vigor. I'm guessing his resistance to change will plummet, if you will. <laughs> what? Well, I hesitate to ask if you have any more. Oh, there are lots of good oh, hobbies that yeah, encourage change. I can imagine. How about uh, power line gymnastics? Well, no. Uh, Just getting up there and swinging yeah, around in them. Yeah. Yep. And the power lines, you know, are everywhere. I, I see know. them. Be sure to pick a strong window so it doesn't break. You know, that really sounds like very bad advice. Don't you have anything normal to, to suggest? Well, any physical activity could help change his way of seeing things. Yeah. Um, like jogging. Oh, well, that's normal. Jogging is good. We like that. On the freeway. Well... No, time is uh, up. Against traffic. No, thank you. I don't like that. Well, have him try uh, it's on some icy morning. Yeah. The early part of the winter is better than late. Our living and loving correspondent. He can pack a light yeah, lunch yeah, right. or no lunch. Okay. Exercise suppresses the appetite. Our bot- bottomless well of wellness, B. Marty Berry. Am I done? Thank you for your done. Time is up. 
I do want to mention that this section of our show is brought to you by the Sherpa Sports Utility Vehicle from Intimida. It's a mighty big car from uh, a mighty big car company, a uh, big car company, losing large amounts of money at the moment. Uh, a company in need of a mighty big bailout, which makes this a mighty good time to visit Sherpa dealer Wally Mostel. Yes, uh, we tried employing uh, prices, you know, we tried CEO pricing, we even tried influential congressman sweetheart deal pricing for everyone, but it made no difference. Uh, so now, for a limited time only, the end of days sale. Same, yes. I'm not saying that uh, we're going to give them away, but you'll be surprised at the terms you can get. It's amazing. We need to get these cars off the lot. We got a huge backup at the dealership and at the factory. All our parking lots are full of gas slurping behemoths. Each one is so massive, it creates its own activity. <laughs> wow. So I put them all together, you know, it's more than an industrial crisis. It's more than a financial panic. Too many Sherpas on the lot means the earth itself is in peril. Yes, I, I know some nervous Nellies out there said that Sherpa could kill the earth with its tailpipe emissions, but here's another potential disaster. All these unsold surfers create huge concentrations of weight on the planet's surface. These heavy spots, as we call them, could throw off the Earth's rotation, causing it to go wobbly, eventually leaving its orbit, crashing into the sun. I mean, talk about global warming then. So when you, when, when you buy a Sherpa and take it home with you, you spread out the weight, and that allows the Earth to continue spinning normally. Yes, and we think that's great for everyone, even if it means unbreathable air by 2015. So postpone a catastrophe right now and get a deal during end-of-days pricing at your local Sherpa dealer. Yeah, you pay no interest until life Life as we know it has vanished from the earth. See Wally, take home a Sherpa before it's too late. The Sherpa from Intimida, it's a mighty big car. I just, I just love to hear him say gas slurping behemoths in the way that he does. Uh, also, we would uh, like to uh, go live now to the halls of Wendell Wilkie High School. And perennial sophomore, Bubby Spamden, between classes. Good morning, Bubby. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> I wish I could be there for your show, but when I told assistant principal Throttlemeyer that I was going to be late today because I had to go to a radio show, she said she would be checking to make certain that I was in my seat for first hour, and if I wasn't, a sheriff's deputy would be sent to collect me. That's a lot of personal attention. There. I'm used to it. Yeah. Believe me. And, and was assistant principal Throttlemeyer there? Oh, yeah. She sat behind me through the whole class. You can really count on her that way. If she's going to haunt you, she does it. Yeah. Uh, well, tough love can be a great gift to a young person. Oh, yeah, I but think. this gift keeps on giving. Well, may maybe you should get busy with your schoolwork so you can graduate and get a job. I know I bug you about that. I was thinking I'd uh, take a cue from Jim Ed and go straight from 10th grade into retirement. Yeah. Well, you realize, though, that you have to work hard for a lifetime and plan and save before retirement is possible, right? Oh, dang. <laughs> really? You work and you save until you have enough money built up that it'll get you the rest of the way. The rest of the way to what? Well, I mean, you know, to, to the, the end of life. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? The end of life? Well, everybody does, you know. The end of life is a reality. Yeah, but that yeah. doesn't mean you have to talk about it well, for crying out loud. Well, but there's nothing wrong with planning for the end of your life. Why do you keep saying that? It's, it's so negative of you. I'm surprised. It really bugs me. Well, you know, it's, I, you, know you have to face the facts. Life goes on to a point, and, but nobody gets to stay the same forever. So. Well, I've been like a, a sophomore for, you know, 25 yeah, years know. now. Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes you have to use your imagination, Bubby, and picture how things could someday be very different. Yeah, okay, so. okay, okay. Hey, Gloria, 
I'm working on my retirement plan. Pretty grown up, huh? Bubby. You should ask your big deal boyfriend in college if he's already done his retirement planning. I bet he hasn't. He's going to be a greeter at Walmart. You know what? I'll be a rich old guy with a sports car. Bubby. Bubby. <laughs> Bubby. What? You gotta, Bubby, you gotta stay focused. Well, okay. I was focused, but just not on you. Right, no, I know that. But some, sometimes what I'm saying is sometimes you have to use your imagination. Well, that's exactly to, what I was doing just no, then. No, I know that, but I mean, when you go from here, you know, where you go, and how many years from now, you know, it all ends, is, I, I, it's very troubling for you, but what do you expect to happen? In well, your life, at the end of your life, what do you expect? I just figure Assistant Principal Throttlemeyer will count, uh, come and get me out of class someday, you know, when I'm old and weak, uh -huh. in a wheelchair, but still a sophomore, yeah. and will wheel me up to, like, the roof of the school, uh -huh. and will roll me off, like, into an active volcano, you know, <laughs> with all the other students standing around, <laughs> well, that, that sounds like an Indiana Jones movie. Well, yeah, that is my life plan, you know, <laughs> to wear a cool hat and have a whip and yeah. always get the girl even when I'm old and wrinkly. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops! Oh, there's the bell. It's time to go. Well, Bubby, I hope good things do happen for you. Well, there's something better than being a sophomore. Well, maybe not some better than that, but something Gloria, equally good. does your boyfriend get a cedar discount on <laughs> the movies? I will. Joining us from the halls of Wendell Wilkie High, Bubby Spamden... And we are so happy to have a moment with him. And we have, you know, so many wonderful guests here. This will be an hour of surprise guests in our show. And what a remarkable surprise we have right now. The legendary Tony Bennett. Hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah what a wonderful crowd. What a beautiful morning. Now, you're fantastic people. And I'm so pleased to be here. Uh -huh. It's a loving. Yeah. It's so early. What's, what's going on anyway? Well, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you haven't heard. Uh, our show is going off the air, Tony, and this is the final broadcast. Ah. Yeah. Now, how yeah. long have you done this, this thing? Oh, well, 25 years, which is a good long time. <laughs> it's okay for a start. Well, yeah, that's yeah. I forgot who I was talking to. Yeah. Uh, Tony Bennett has been in show business for what, 50 years now? Oh, thereabouts. Uh, and uh, do you know how many times my career was over and I did my last gig? No. No. How many times? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but my memory is uh, yeah, right. not what it used to be, you know, right. but I'm pretty sure when disco came in, I was definitely finished. Uh -huh. That's what they said at that time. Anyway. Right. But, and yet you go on. And uh, do you know why? No. Why? Uh, I was hoping you could tell no. me that, too. <laughs> my memory. I, yeah. I, got, uh, I got a lot of lyrics in there. But well, so, you know, I'm thinking, here's, the tubes. here's my opinion. Uh, yeah. I think it's because you have this talent that can't be extinguished or overlooked, and, yeah, and you yeah. have the, the heart and the soul of an artist, and you've simply got to express yourself Thank whether you. anyone is listening or not. And the, the trends and the numbers and the corporate stuff, that doesn't matter a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking it was something like that. And then you came, you know, you came here to say to these people that yeah. no one should let small things slip slow them down. We uh, should no, all no. stay true to our hearts and, and delight the world in whatever way we can for, and for decades yeah. and decades, just like you have, you know, well beyond the arbitrary shelf life randomly set by someone else, I think. Yeah. yeah. I came here to say all that, did You I? did come here to say that. I think you did. Am yeah. I doing talking now or doing No, you're not talking or? now. Well, no, you're not going to... I'm sorry. We don't have enough time for you to sing because there's been too much talking. Well, are, you, are they paying you by the word well, here? <laughs> you know, I, there is something I would like to to say to you, though, if I, if I get to be your age, yeah. I would like to be just like you. Yeah, really, that's, yeah. that's pretty ambitious. I know. I'm just being honest with you, Noah. Yeah. Uh, a <laughs> lot would have to change. I, well, that's true. You'd need to get a good wig. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Tony Bennett does have beautiful hair. And it's all natural. Yeah. I'm not boasting. That's right. Well, that's what's kept you going strong, you know, I think. Yeah. Um, your honesty. Yeah. And the honest expression of and your all true the talent. People. Yes. Honest expression of true talent and integrity. Those are the keys. Honesty, yeah. integrity, talent. H-I-T. Yeah. Hey, that spells hit. It does. I'd love to have another hit. Yes, but, but not at the cost of your reputation or your values. Well, we could talk about the details, okay. but uh, I Maybe just want to sing for the people. Well, we're Dale. out of time, though, for that. I'm sorry. I don't do a lot of talking on my that. shows <laughs> for that very reason. I know. You really should try to be more like me. I should. Thanks. Good yeah. advice from a legend. You're beautiful Tony people. Thank you. Tony, thank you. We're going to miss the morning show. This section of the morning show is brought to you by Bowser Bed, the vibrating pad for dogs. Pick one up for your best friend today because your dog is a pack animal who has a very difficult time with change, even an orderly change of leadership. Mm -hmm. he's, he's not interested in democracy. Sparky's preferred form of government is a dictatorship led by the alpha. <laughs> if the alpha says we hunt, we hunt. If the alpha says we rest, we rest. There's no discussion, no compromise, no working across party lines. In, in fact, your dog thinks of them as, as potty lines, not party lines. And there are invisible barriers and markers drawn to show who has been where. Territory that uh, has been declared and needs to be defended. So for your dog, uh, there's only one alpha and no such thing as alpha elect. Uh, which can make it confusing for Sparky when he's watching TV with you and he sees so much attention being paid to someone who is not really yet leader of the pack as far as he's concerned. And when he hears about the inaugural, well, it just, it, just, it just sounds like one thing to him, a totally mind-boggling transition for your dog with the wholesale redrawing of those territorial lines, uh, which disturbs him. It's a good thing he won't be there, because when your dog draws territorial lines, well, you know, I mean, let's just say he would put the P in podium and president in pants leg if he had the pants. And, and let's not even mention the new first dog. Yeah, to, to see someone so young and untested move directly into a position of power without being thoroughly vetted. As, you know, at least not as vetted as your dog has been, because he's been vetted a lot. I mean, at least once a year, for as long as he can remember. Like the last time when he had to have his temperature taken, he hated that. It's way too much vetting. It's provocative and upsetting, and that's why your dog needs a Bowser bed vibrating pad. A uh, Bowser bed vibrating pad is one quick way to <laughs> circumvent the hierarchy that defines your dog's life. Yeah, I see it sends its soothing sensations around the territorial instinct and the leader-follower reflex. Yeah, short circuits that one and just puts your dog in direct touch with his pleasure centers. <laughs> As long as he's on the Bowser bed, he won't worry about the economy or international relations or infrastructure or even health care. The world is as simple and easy to live in as it can be when your pooch has a Bowser bed vibrating pad for dogs. Pick one up for your best friend today. He'll be glad you did. And so will we. Well... Uh, we are uh, live from the Fitzgerald Theater in, in St. Paul, and this is the political section of our show. <laughs> and so we welcome to the stage the mayor of the city of St. Paul, Chris Coleman. Thank you, Mayor, for coming by. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm just down here on reports of pandemonium in the streets yeah. outside the theater. <clears throat> I'm ordering you to shut this thing down right now. <laughs> 
Well, this is, uh, this is a sad day for many of us in the city of St. Paul and across the state of Minnesota. It's a, yeah. they're, they're clapping because it's a sad day. Uh, it's a very strange audience. They are the best audience did, in the world. Did they, have, did they have any idea how many people would actually show up for something like this? Uh, we thought we did, but we were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, ha- you are loved by many and will be missed by all. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, so we have a proclamation because that's about the only thing that I can do for you. Um, I have no money. <laughs> you, you may have read about that in the paper. So we're but, not paying anything for this. Then. Well, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, you don't even get to keep this. I have to use it for uh, my next appointment. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a, it's actually a blank sheet of paper. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Whereas Dale Connolly, Jim Edpool, and The Morning Show have been entertaining us for 25 years, and whereas The Morning Show has become the staple of morning rituals for countless Minnesotans, whereas many of us won't know it's Monday without hearing the sons of the pioneers sing when the prairie sun comes out of the hay, whereas Mr. Sports, Mr. Action has provided the best sports reporting in public radio history... (laughs) Not accurate. By the way, that's a low bar. I, don't, I just want to tell you. Good. Whereas the morning show has introduced us to an eclectic array of musicians and recordings over the years. Whereas, whereas many a young mayor staffer has been forced, sometimes against their will, to listen to the morning show in the car. And whereas I will personally miss this show very, very much. Now, therefore, I, Christopher Coleman, mayor of St. Paul, proclaim it. Thursday, December 11th, 2008, the morning show day in St. Paul. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Chris Coleman, the mayor of St. Paul. Boy. Yeah. You gotta Boy. appreciate a politician who knows where the laugh where the laughs yeah. are, you know, the laugh lines, the applause. He's got all those tender spots marked out. He exactly knows where to push those buttons. Doesn't mean I get to park anywhere free in St. Paul for the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, obviously this is our very important guys coming out to make a statement section of the show. And so, uh, on the line with us, representing all the water surface area in the state, is the 9th District Congressman, Loomis Beachley. Uh, Let's bring him in. Yes. Darrell, I hope you're not uh, going to ask me to do any kind of official recognition or declare a day for you. No, no, that's fine. Even though I have lots of respect for uh, Mayor Coldman and the city of St. Paul, I work in a different environment here, and the job in front of me is just too big to use even a little mental energy dreaming up some honor for you and Jack. Right, right. But but it's Mayor Mayor Coleman, not Coldman. Coleman. And and I assume when you say Jack, you mean Jim Ed. Sure. If that's what he says his name is, fine. Okay. But the point is, uh, why waste resources on this type of gesture, even if it costs almost nothing? Uh It's just desk work, mostly, moving papers around, filing, but uh, that has an expense, and I call it time pork. 
<laughs> time pork. Yes, Well, time no, pork. Congressman, I'm perfectly happy with what we got from the city of St. Paul. It's a wonderful honor. Good, so, great. Okay. And you're also okay that I was so upfront about telling you not to expect well, anything? Sure, of course. Uh, if I sent over a document that laid that out, would you sign it? Just uh, <laughs> saying how tough I am on time pork? <laughs> tough I Well, yeah, I would, I would sign it because it's true. Okay. Good, thank you. And mm -hmm. I could uh, put your name uh, in a news release also? <laughs> Well, Congressman, it, it, it sounds like you're using this situation to create a certain image for yourself. No, 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 no. no? I'm, uh, I'm only trying to reassure the voters that I'm being a good steward of the public resources okay. and I'm not using time pork to deliver favors for my friends. Okay. Can I call you my friend? My friend? <laughs> yeah, well, sure, of course. Okay, hang you can... on. Oh, uh, okay. Stephanie, in that press release, be sure to say Daryl is my friend. Uh, maybe in the paragraph where I call on Congress to investigate my friend for abusing his access to me. Wait a minute. Okay, I'm back. Wait a minute, Congressman. Um, this whole this seems to be taking up a lot of your staff time at, at the office. Maybe you should just drop the whole press release idea. Well, sometimes you have to spend money to make some hay, if you know what I mean. Otherwise, <laughs> the loft is empty when the uh, thin time comes, which might be right now, but uh, don't quote me on that, okay? You know, you represent all the water surface area in the state. I've, I've never heard you use farm analogies before. Well, to everything a season, turn, turn, turn. <laughs> do, does this have anything to do with the talk that Minnesota might lose a congressional district after the census because our population isn't growing fast enough? Oh, I can't worry about that. I have a job to do. I'm going to plow to the end of the roll. Well, because if that happened, you know, you would have to run in a new district uh, that might have some land in it. Well, let the cow chips fall where they may. Uh, I hope I planted some seeds with you. Okay. Joining us from his office in Washington, oh, D.C. Uh, oh, I almost forgot. Yes. Uh, visit my website to see pictures of my new, new grandson. His name is Ethanol. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's too corny? <laughs> the, the Honorable Loomis Beachley of the 9th District currently representing all the water surface area in the state. Okay. Joining us now from far out at sea, Captain Billy and the crew of the Muscalong. Captain and crew also having their farewell broadcast today. I imagine you must feel pretty emotional, Captain. Oh, I, of course we do. Boys, do we feel mighty emotional about saying goodbye? Hey, we do indeed. All right, then. Goodbye. Uh, last be hearty. Wait, 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 Captain. You don't seem to be very emotional about it. I assure you, I is definitely emotional. Ain't I very broken about this, boys? Hey, yeah. that's the truth. It is. We, but we pirates is seafaring men, you know, and as seafaring men, we is experts in leaving taken. <laughs> me and me boys is taking leave of countless sweethearts and numerous children and even quite a few other pirates who happens to be a darn sight easier to look at the two of you. Yeah. So there it is. So long, farewell, well. But, 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 Captain, wait a minute. Um, you also have many fans, oh. ordinary people, uh, citizens of our little radio village here, who are mm. going to be quite sorry to lose you. Well, that is very unusual indeed. Yeah. It's on account of the fact that uh, most people, once our paths has crossed, is quite delighted to see us go when the time comes. Right, I know, but you're going to have to get used to the idea of being loved, oh, Captain. I don't know if I, if I can. It, it gives me a better feeling that uh, I ain't done my job properly. Is that right, boys? <laughs> 
Our favorite, most familiar type of uh, leave taken is when we is pursued by an angry mob, you know, with tar and feathers and pitchforks and uh, cannonballs flying at our behinds and whatnot. The sort of farewell that typically pursues a president when he is returning to private life. Is that right, boys? Aye, that's, that's when a pirate knows he's been a good pirate. Uh, when he gets a vigorous shove-off uh-huh. and a good riddance from the assembled throngs. I, I wonder if we could just get, you know, just kind of a disrespect in our, in our way out of here, uh, just, just to make us feel better, well, you know, understand? Yeah, you don't know who you're dealing with, though. This is a public radio audience. They are proud fathers and doting mothers and excellent teachers who pride themselves on offering positive reinforcement and unconditional love. So well, I, yeah, well, I ain't saying it's going to be easy for you, okay. but... Uh, I was hoping there'd be some cat calls or just maybe one raspberry. Oh, you're not going to get a raspberry. Uh, no, well, how about a little that. boo, perhaps, to, just yeah. to lift our spirits? Uh, uh, count. Yes. Oh, oh boy. Oh. My voice feels depleted, but yeah, them good thoughts. What was that? <laughs> well, I think you're asking, what you're asking for is kind of like in Peter Pan, you know, where, where oh, a tank has swallowed Peter poison. Pan. Yeah. And the children have to clap their hands to help her get well. You remember well, that? Well, yeah. I, I always thought that show should be called Captain Hook. Right. Ain't that right, boys? Yeah, but uh, if we could uh, get a, just a hearty boo, not like a, a, a herd of cow, from, <laughs> from the all-so-polite public radio listeners, uh-huh. I believe me and the boys could gather the street to sail away with some dignity. I don't think these day. people have any problem in booing you. Now that I've, If you no. really believe in Captain Billy and the boys and you want them to live forever in the imaginary cartoon pirate netherworld, please, you'll have to boo and keep it up. Yeah. Boo! Uh, oh, it, oh, yes. Listen, boys. Listen, boys. They're Music booing. to the ears. They're booing just for you, he, he Captain. Thinks, I think I hear a cat call there. Yeah. I hear cat calls. Somebody Don't cat stop. Calls. Don't stop. I think he's getting stronger. I can feel it. Fill our sails with your scorn. Now throw money. What? Throw Wait a minute. Money. What? Or any valuables. What ain't you too heavy. You said now throw money? Well, they're public radio people, aren't they? <laughs> throw, throw. They're always doing that. <laughs> well, we got to get them when they're open to suggestions, you know. Ain't that right, boys? <laughs> Try- Joining us from far out at sea, Captain Billy and the crew of the Muscalina. Gladly receiving your scorn on this Thursday morning um, in the theater. The one and only remaining Radio Daredevil, Mr. Nephew Thomas, is with us. Well, thank you. Uh, obviously, they haven't heard from me in a while. <laughs> yeah, it has been a while. Yes, uh, congratulations on having an end to your show. Uh, you know, a lot of the great radio programs just disappeared. They, they didn't get to have a last uh, anything. Yeah, and, and you were on a lot of those shows, I uh, think. Yeah, yeah I, I may have had something to do with the fact yeah. that they ended so brutally. But, right, uh, but as a, a stunt guy yeah. for so many of the wonderful radio dramas of old, uh, you depicted many, many very personal and quite traumatic endings. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. I've uh, done guys getting thrown off of buildings, uh, eaten, by, eaten by sharks, uh, run over by trains, vaporized mm-hmm. by aliens, yeah. uh, just about uh, any way you can go, I've gone, but uh, I thought I would do something very special for you on this last broadcast. Uh, what I'll do is I'll recreate my big moment from a radio drama called Helter Shelter, about an uprising at an animal shelter uh-huh. where the uh, cats <laughs> took over and just ran the place. Yeah. Well, I, I like cats. That doesn't sound so bad. 
Well, it was terrible for the character I played, uh, uh -huh. an attendant named Philip, who was yeah. uh, lured into the cat room one night, uh -huh. and the uh, mutinous felines had devised a plan to get him to sit in a particular chair yeah. where he would then be held in place and yes. slowly, painfully licked uh -huh. uh, to death oh. uh, by, by the little cats with their, you know, sandpapery tongues. It was... Can you actually be licked to death by a cat? It can only be done in radio. Ah. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's how I'd like to go out on your final show. So uh -huh. uh, strap me into the chair. Okay, here we go. We're strapping him in. Now. Okay, I have to make sure he's absolutely stationary. Make sure only assistants get every... Yes, he pulled the rope tight. Okay. Very good. The radio daredevil, nephew Thomas, now unable to move. Boy, there are a lot of ways to restrain a guy. Oh, wait a minute. Let, at least open the... Take the, take the gag off. Uh, uh, there yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you were telling us? I was telling you, in the radio drama Helter Shelter, uh -huh. one of the stray cats uh, had belonged to a guard at uh, a prison, so Puff uh -huh. knew all about the exotic forms of restraint. Okay, yeah, that's why. Okay. Uh, so, ready? Yeah. Okay, raise the door. Release the cats! Okay. And the door is open, and how many cats does it take? How many cats does it take to lick a man to death? More the than you'd think. Uh-huh. But you need to start with just one. Just, and I hear and one. And there it is. Yes. One brave individual to take the first taste before sending a signal, you know, to the rest that it's uh -huh. okay to come in yeah. for the kill. This seems rather shy, this one. Well, that won't last. Uh-huh. Trust me. Yeah. He's closing in. Yeah. He's oh. going to give me a lick. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, tickles. That's deceptive. Yeah. Oh, no, the rest are coming out. This is where it really gets hairy. Yeah. Oh. oh, my goodness. Yeah. Listen to that. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Look, it's real hairy out here, so careful. Yeah. Is it yeah. painful? No. No, no they, they, they shed like crazy, these, yeah. these cats here. Doesn't that send doesn't chills up your chills? Oh, it does. There, there must, must be, be hundreds hundred of them. Millions. Oh, I don't know how many there are, but they're little tongues. They're, they're hanging out the, for me. Ah, 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 I'm tickled. Wait, stop, stop. Ah, stop. Stop, stop. Ah, That's horrible. Stop, what? stop. Lick what? him. Stop, stop. Huh? No. Mr. Thomas, are you okay? Oh, well, of course. <laughs> I'm like... I've only got the one cat licking me so far, and the other just circling, but there wasn't any drama, I thought. Well, yeah, but I, you know, I can't let you go through with this. It's too, it's too horrible. No one wants to see or hear a man getting licked to death by cats. It's too ghastly. Yeah, I know. It takes about ten years. <laughs> but uh, I'm just trying to buy you guys some time here. <laughs> well, in that case, bring back the cats, huh? Oh, come and get me, fish breath. The one and only Radio Daredevil, Mr. Nephew Thomas. This actually is the, the guy we started with when we began bringing other personalities into the show years and years ago. Uh, uh, we're going to go, actually, what we're going to do is uh, go uh, to, uh, well, see, we have this obligation, okay, um, to bring you important news as it happens, especially you know, since some members of our staff are looking for work uh, <laughs> uh, and need to pad their resumes so they can apply to other media, like our chief correspondent, Bud Bach. Bud! I'm Buck here uh, at the scene of what I'm uh, going to describe as mass hysteria because I cannot believe what I'm seeing. 
hundreds of people inside a theater at this ridiculous hour. They say they've gathered to watch the end of something they normally can't see anyway. <laughs> a radio show. But uh, that's an explanation I find rather preposterous. Uh, right, but I think you don't understand. I better rough me. If I'm going to get a TV job, I'll need 30 seconds to work through my full emotional palette, okay? Okay. I've done right. the moment of disbelief at the beginning, uh-huh. and I'm building up to astonishment now, okay. headed towards indignation and finally disgust, so don't okay. get my way. Right, but I think what you don't understand here... Understand? Is I beg your pardon. Uh-huh. I'm not an understander. I'm a reporter. Okay. <laughs> Let me do my job. Okay. <clears throat> so... Uh, what would get people out of bed in the middle of the night to come down here? Let's ask a couple of them. Excuse me, I'm on Buck, uh, Public Radio News. Uh, why are you here at this hour? Are you insane? No, I, I just wanted to be here for the morning show to pay my respects to Dale and Jim Ed and, and to hear the music. Oh, respects, music. So it's a funeral of some kind. No, huh? no, 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 not that. It's, it's more of a celebration. That's how I'd like to think of it. I uh, see. And you, uh, what are you doing here? Uh, basically, uh, same thing she said. Huh. But is it a funeral or a Mardi Gras or what? Whatever uh, she said, really. really I, I have nothing to add. Are you two married? <laughs> so, Bud, have you figured out what's going on yet? Yes. Uh, they're going out of their way to call it a celebration, yeah. so it must be something really bad. Right. I've got yeah. that But it's not, it's not bad. The thing is, what? Listen, I've only got 15 seconds here to turn this into a crisis. Well, but it's not so. a crisis, though. But you want me to get a TV job or not? I need a crisis. Okay. Don't you ever watch TV? I... Television? Heard of it? Yeah. Do they go to the guy who doesn't have a crisis ever? Do <laughs> no. they? No, they do not. Right, but you heard what the people said. Yes, the so people they... write that yeah. woman and the yeah. guy who seemed to have no free will. Yes. No free will <laughs> yes. at all. Yeah. No free will. That's it. I yeah. think we're in some sort of cult. <laughs> this whole thing is a cult. Must be. <laughs> uh, well, but, but it's, it's not, no. It's, huh? it's simply a group of people who share a common bond. I have through a question what we, for you zombies I, here. Do they ask you to give money? This <laughs> Dale and Jim Do they ever? Yes! Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Uh, yes, right. But, bud, you know what this is. What don't about you? your possessions? <laughs> Do they ever ask you to hand over your stuff? Well, they want me to donate my car. Incredible! Who's been asked to donate their car? I, Anyone? Wow, I think a weird cult has taken over this theater, Dale, exploiting these helpless people for money and cars. Clearly, it's out of hand. The question is now that they've got a foothold, where will they stop? Well, I think the whole car donation thing is a well accepted practice, though, that many Nonprofits or, Don't try giving me answers when I've got such an alarming question. Okay. <laughs> this could be an expose I've been hoping for, my big break. Well, we're out of time anyway, so. How do you call I, it a helicopter support us anyway? From right here at the Fitz. I wonder if I can get on the view. Our morning show correspondent, Mr. Bud Bach. <laughs> and that's it for the morning show podcast. This is episode 165, the last one in the series. Many thanks to Michael DeMarc and Johnny Vince Evans for engineering at the Fitzgerald Theater. Our producer is Mike Pangra. Online, the producer is Michael Wells. And all of our characters were given their voices by the amazingly talented Tom Keith, who appeared for the entire 25-year run of The Morning Show as another character named Jimette Poole, who fortunately was exactly like, in almost every single detail, Tom Keith himself. None of it could have occurred, though, without you. Thanks for listening. I'm Dale Connolly. You can find me continuing the morning show online 24 hours a day at a new music service, Radio Heartland, radioheartland.org. 
And you can also uh, hear Radio Heartland through HD Radio in the Twin Cities at 91.1 FM HD 2. See you there. <laughs>